Welcome back to the Around the Diamond podcast with your host, Sam Edwards, episode 223. Welcome to the podcast for the baseball nerd. Uh, I appreciate you listening to this episode. We've got some huge news on this episode, obviously covering the uh, Dodgers signing Yamamoto, the Padres make a signing, uh, then a couple other smaller moves. And when we look at the situation of the Dodgers, are they a super team or not? Um, and obviously the situation with the Padres, the the Blue Jays as well, are kind of in a curious position as this offseason slowly moves along. Uh, but uh, welcome to the podcast. I greatly appreciate you listening to this episode. If you enjoy the podcast, if you're a baseball nerd as well, make sure to leave us a five-star view, Spotify, Apple, whatever your preference is, whatever you're listening to this on. Five stars, greatly appreciate it. And uh, let's get into the episode here. Dodgers have signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto. 12 years, $325 million, the top pitcher out there on the free agent market coming from Japan. He has not pitched a single pitch in the major leagues. This is uh, $325 million. None of it is deferred. If anybody wants to, you know, make those jokes that are already old in reference to Otani. Um, yeah, uh, such an old joke at this point. Um now, there's also a posting fee that the uh, Dodgers need to uh, give the team that is letting Yamamoto go, and uh, that posting fee comes out to $51 million. It's a certain percentage of what the contract ends up being, and it being $325 million just means that they're going to have to pay a little bit extra. Uh, $51 million, so the total comes to about $375 million total, which is absolutely insane. The contract also contains a pair of opt-out opportunities. Um, specifics uh, remain unknown, um, although there has been a report from uh, Andy Maritino from SNY. Uh, he reported that Yamamoto's camp had sought the ability to um, have opt-outs after the fifth and the eighth seasons. So a little curious um, to see what they uh, ended up with going with. Apparently it contains a pair of opt-outs. So it, my guess is there's, it's probably after the fifth and eighth seasons, um, which is honestly pretty huge. Um, and I could easily see him taking that fifth year. If, if there is, if this is true, and he does have opt-outs after the fifth and eighth seasons. I definitely like this contract a lot less uh, for the Dodgers. But um, he's still abs- absolutely a stud. Um, like I said, the top pitcher out there. He's been the best pitcher the past three years in um, the Japanese League, in the NPB, the National... Um, uh, what is it? Oh. Oh my gosh, I forget what the NPB stands for. Oh man, oh, I'm losing it. Um, <laughs> either way, he's been the number one pitcher the past three years. He has won the pitching triple crown the past three years. 2021, he pitched in 193 innings, had a 172 ERA, really good case per nine, really good walks per nine. Same with 2022, pitched 193 innings, a 196 ERA, absolutely top tier numbers. And then this past year, 171 innings, a 142 ERA, 9.3 Ks per nine, 1.5 walks per nine. He's absolutely um, fantastic, boasts a super strong fastball and split finger um combo 
as most most Japanese pitchers tend to do, uh, especially the Japanese pitchers that come over to the majors that are good enough that come over to the majors. Um, but yeah, has the fastball, split finger, and then also has a uh, curveball, which looks pretty good um, just in highlights that I've seen. He also has a cutter as well. But uh, people are saying top three pitches um, are two, pl- three plus pitches in his fastball, his split finger, and the curveball. So definitely curious to see. Um, obviously curious to see how he performs in the major leagues, but all signs point to him being a stud. Now, he is 25 years old. I am the same age as Yamamoto, which is, you know, an apt comparison, honestly, because I I would say I have very similar success um, as Yamamoto does. Obviously not, you know, I'm not like a baseball star, but, you know, I am a star in my own right, I think, and I haven't really gotten that credit that I think I deserve. Still waiting for the Dodgers to come calling. But either way, uh, Yamamoto, <laughs> the other 25-year-old, um, he's 25 years old, so obviously after the fifth season, he'd be 30. I could easily see him taking that opt-out. If there is an opt-out, then we don't know that for a fact, but it does. They, there is reports that there's um, a pair of opt-outs. So my guess is it's after the fifth and after the eighth season. Ooh. My guess is it's after the fifth and eighth seasons. Um, and I could easily see him taking it after the fifth, which would be after his age 30 season. So obviously, if he has five amazing years with the Dodgers, I could easily see him go out there, retest the market, and get paid even more. But even so, on this contract, he'd have seven years left, 30 years old. You never really see a pitcher get um, more than seven years when they're 30 years old. That feels super rare. So maybe he would maybe renegotiate, maybe. Um, to just get more money per year. Either way, Dodgers have the best pitcher out there, the best pitcher available. Um, now, he's not the best pitcher in the majors, and that's kind of the difference maker here. Um, right now, the Dodgers have Yamamoto, Glass now. Obviously, they just traded for him. They've got Bobby Miller, they've got Walker Bueller, and they've got Emmett Sheehan um, as their starting five right now. Now, obviously, Glass now is not going to pitch He's not going to pitch more than I, 120 innings is his maximum. This past year is the optimistic outlook for Glasnow. I've talked about this. If you want to hear more about Glasnow, go listen to the last episode. But um, Glasnow is not going to pitch more than 70 innings is my guess, 70 or 80 innings, which limits his possibility. But even so, this is a much better rotation than the Dodgers had going into this past uh, season. And Clayton Kershaw still out there. We've all just said it's inevitable that they sign Clayton Kershaw, but at this point, I don't know. I don't know if it is. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, Bobby Miller obviously showed that he's really, really good this past season. Walker Buehler is coming off injury, so I'm hoping that he's going to be able to come back and without missing a beat, get back right back to where he was. And we'll see how Yamamoto does um, adjusting to the majors. Still, There's still a lot of risk in this rotation. I don't think the Dodgers are a super team quite yet. I don't know, man. It's so hard to say, bro. Mookie, Freeman, and Otani as your top three hitters is just insane. It's so insane. They really might be a super team. I don't know. It, it's stuff to say. 
It's really tough to say. I don't know. Moving on, the Padres have signed Yuki Matsui, a 28-year-old lefty reliever. Um, they signed him for five years, $28 million. There's an opt-out. There's a couple opt-outs in his deal, actually, after the third and fourth year. He is a closer, lefty closer, had a ridiculously good season. Uh, past three seasons, he's been absolutely dominant. Um, this past year, 39 saves over 57 and a third innings pitched, a 157 ERA, 11.3 Ks per nine. The walk percentage is also fantastic. He looks really good. I haven't heard much about his pitch mix, but the Padres definitely believe in him to a certain extent. I mean... Giving out five years to this guy. He's never pitched a pitch in the majors, just like uh, our good old boy Yamamoto. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the Padres are such a weird team, man. Like, what are we doing here? Like, they're trying to save money. Obviously, they trade Juan Soto, their best player. Obviously, Tatis could be better um, coming this next season. He had a little bit of a down year, even though he still had 4.4 war on the season, a 2020 season as well, 25, 25 season, 25 homers, 29 steals um, for Tatis. They still have a good offense, but like, I don't know, man, like the pitching is the mystery here. The rotation is Musgrove, Darvish, Michael King, and then it's question marks, question marks. Uh, So they need at least one more starter. Um, now you've got Matsui or Matsu um, from Japan, who's been dominant, but we'll see how he kind of um, adjusts to the majors. Uh, you've got him and Suarez at the top of the the food chain in the bullpen, but besides that, um, it's not a lot of optimistic names at this point. Um, so, yeah, you still need more there. And you could also really use a center fielder and a left fielder at this point. All while staying under their budget, which is like, if, if they do stay within their budget, they've got like about $27 million to play with. Now, their budget being the luxury tax threshold, which they've reportedly wanted to stay under, um, which is a bummer. But what are you going to do, you know? Opt-outs after the third and fourth years is kind of interesting. He is only 28 years old, so I could easily see after the third year, maybe he wants to opt out at 31 years old, especially if he's been dominant with the Padres. Um, But even so, it's like, why are you spending this much money on this reliever when you're on this reported budget? I don't know. It's such a weird situation with the Padres. They're in this weird win-now retooling mode because this past year did not go as planned. they're obviously one of the most highly hyped teams going into the season. And, and here we are a little while later. Um, it's just not working out. Um, so you get Matsu and I don't know, bro. I don't know. The Padres are probably the most confusing team in the majors. Um, what are we doing? Why are we now trying to stay under the luxury tax? You trade Soto, which kind of makes sense. You retool, and they did get some good prospects, and King does plug right into your rotation, which is good, but at the same time, it leaves your outfield kind of wide open besides Tatis and right. What does center field and left field look like? The rest of the infield's pretty settled. You got Cronenworth at first. You got Kim at second. You got Bogarts at short, and Machado obviously at third. Machado and Bogarts are kind of, you know, coming off kind of mid-years. Bogart's less so. Bogart's had a better year. 
Um, but Machado, definitely a down year for him. Only a 114 runs Crea plus, which is still above average, but not um, where Machado was used to being. 3.5 war on the season for Machado. Still shows that his defense is very good, um, and he can still hit 30 bombs in a season, so he can still do some stuff. But like, And then you also trade Grisham as well, which was also so weird. Like, why are we trading Grisham in this in this Soto deal? Like, why would you let the why would you let the Yankees get him like that? Like, was he getting paid that much? Let's see how much he was getting paid because I don't think he was getting paid that much, was he? Oh man, he won't show me his his pay, will it? Darn it, it's not showing him his pay. Either way, I don't think Grisham was getting paid too much. Like, I, I guess he he did hit pretty terrible this past year. So whatever. It, it's tough to see where the logic is with the Padres these days. And it's just really um, frustrating, I'm sure, for San Diego fans. Um, very frustrating. And now you get this reliever. and you, Now you're just kind of throwing your hands up like, how does this fit under the team? And then what are we going to do to fill in these roles? If it's the regular Blue Jays, I'm like, let's go out. Go get Cody Ballinger. Plug him into center field. Let's go for it. Go get Snell. Go get Stroman and fill out that rotation, and let's go for it again. But this time, they're taking a much more conservative approach. So I don't get it. You don't get it. Here we are. Let's move on to the Blue Jays, who make a signing of Kevin Kiermeyer. Um, Kind of an interesting signing. One year, $10.5 million. I'm guessing he left a little bit of money on the table because he is coming off a good enough season. Um. Kevin Kiermaier obviously um, mainly is a good player on the back of his defense. But uh, yeah, uh, kind of kind of interesting that uh, they signed him back. Um, he was the same value as George Springer this past season, which is actually kind of crazy. They both had the same runs created plus 104. Um Springer obviously played a lot more than Kiermaier did. Kiermaier had 408 plate appearances, eight home runs, 14 steals. He hit uh, 265, 322, 419 on the season, 2.2 war on the season. Same thing as George Springer for war, that is. But uh, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, They decided to bring him back. He does kind of fit. Varsho probably fits a lot more in left field than he did in center, Um, especially in left field. He'll be one of the best defensive players i'm sure um in left field and he he had a good enough season um if you want to look at the homers and the steals and then you peer over to the slash line Varsho hit 220 with a 285 on base and a 389 slugging percentage good for an 85 runs created plus so a good 15 percent below average overall offensively for Varsho. um still was positive 2.1 war like i said the defense is still really good for Varsho, but Looking at the Blue Jays' offense, they definitely need a little bit more pop. And when I say pop, I don't mean Zach pop. I just mean they need more pop in that lineup. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's a terrible joke. Is Zach pop. Like, do we, does anybody even know who Zach pop is? I just saw him. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Well, let's move on. <laughs> I, um, they could use a DH. Um, there's a couple of good DHs out there still. J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler guys that could easily plug into the middle of this lineup and help the Blue Jays quite a bit. And at this point, it looks like they're going to really need it, especially with Springer taking a step back this season. You do still, you do still have Bichette. I still believe in Guerrero Jr. A couple other spots 
are like good enough. Springer, Kiermaier, Varsha was an okay outfield, amazing defensively, but just okay offensively. Like they'll, they can get you by, but you need the infield to be a much better hitting infield than it has been. Third base is kind of up in the air without um, Chapman right now. Um, right now they've got Biggio plugged in on uh, Fangraph's depth chart, but um, obviously Biggio should not be the starter. Um, had a 103 runs created plus this season. Good for a one war. He's not a star. He's a guy that can walk a little bit and maybe hit a couple homers, but not much else. He can only face righties as well. Don't put him against lefties. It's terrible. It always will end poorly. And uh, yeah, so I would say um, the Blue Jays are in a weird spot. They're definitely in a weird spot. They still have more work to do on the offensive side. The rotation's pretty solid right now. You've still got Gossman, Bassett, Berrios, Kikuchi. You do still have Manoa there. Obviously, you'd like to get another starter. If I'm a if I'm a Blue Jays fan, I'd like another starter, and I would like Chapman back at third base. Um now, second base is kind of wide open for them a little bit. They've got Schneider, Davis Schneider. They've also got Espinal. Um, Schneider did look really, really good in his little cup of coffee in the majors, although the K percentage was fairly high, 30.5 K percentage in his limited time. Limited time. Hands up. Hands up here. It's limited time in the majors. 141 plate appearances, but he did hit fantastic when he did make contact. He hit 276. 404 with a 603 slugging percentage. He was crushing the ball, but the 30K percentage is a little scary, especially for a young player. The worry is always, are they going to make enough contact? And Schneider did in his limited time, but we'll see how he is going forward. Um, and obviously you still have Bichette, but uh, I my guess is they'll throw second base up to whoever's good enough to play. Schneider or Espinal um, getting majority of the time. Maybe Biggio also getting a little bit of time. But third base, I would definitely go get Matt Chapman back. And I, it looks like they're just going to run back this team. I mean, the bullpen was really, really good this past season. Um, you've got Romano. You've got Swanson. You've got Cabrera now. Um, you've got Meza, 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 Meza. Tim Meza. I forget what it is. Um, but either way. You've got him, who had a fantastic season. Um, yeah, they're a weird team, man. I always believe in the Blue Jays a lot, but this past year kind of opened my eyes a little bit. They still had 89 wins, which is still really, really good, but I just thought they were going to be better. I thought the offense was better than it was, and you definitely need Matt Chapman back. He was second on the team in um, in F-War uh, for the offense. Uh, 3.5 F war on the season. He didn't hit amazing, but his defense is also fantastic. And you gotta run with it, man. You gotta run with it. You gotta bring Chapman back. He's going to get overpaid, but it's okay. You need it. You're the blue Jays. You're winning now. Go for it. Go get Matt Chapman, or you got to make a trade or something because this team is not going to contend as is. I mean, it's not going to contend in the AL East. I should say they could still get a wild card easy. The rotation's still really, really good. So maybe the offense doesn't have to be amazing. Either way, I think they need more. Kiermaier's a good enough signing. It's a start, but uh, let's move it along, okay? Tigers go get Shelby Miller. One year, $3 million, super cheap. 42 innings pitched this past season with the Dodgers. A 171 ERA. You're like, ooh, baby. 
maybe okay, 25.8K percentage, all right. And then your eyes start to widen a little bit. It's an 11.7 walk percentage, which is fairly high. I don't think he's um, nasty enough to keep that walk percentage in check. That leads you to the 3.68 FIP, which is much worse than the ERA. Either way, um, even if he has a 350 ERA this next season, I think the Tigers will be happy with this one-year deal. Only $3 million as well for Shelby Miller. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm absolutely fine with it. Uh, Giants sign catcher Tom Murphy to a two-year $8.25 million deal. Only had 159 plate appearances this season. Must have been injured he very well in his little... Um, Little time in the majors this season. Uh, like I said, 159 plate appearances. So, once again, small sample size, but eight homers. He hit 290, 335 on base, and a 538 slugging percentage. Good for a 140 runs created plus as a catcher. Okay. Now, obviously, you don't expect him to hit this well going forward, which is obviously why he got $8.25 million over two years. But even so, it's good to see. It's good to see um, the Giants making moves, I guess. Um, they're another team that is in a really weird spot that I don't know what they're going to do. They went out and they tried to get Yamamoto. They were in the finals for getting him. It didn't happen. Or not in the finals, I guess, technically. Um, the Yankees and Mets were were right there in the finals, but not the uh, not the Giants. But either way. Giants rotation is okay. It's a little weird. You got Webb, you got Descalfani, you got Stripling, you got Harrison, uh, Alex Cobb, I guess. Like, it's a weird rotation. And then the offense is very similarly uh, very weird. You got Wade Jr. at first. Okay. You got Estrada at second. Good enough. Uh, J.D. Davis at third base. He had a good season. You got Conforto and Haniger in the outfield. Yastrzemski in the outfield. Like, it's a weird offense, man. It's such a weird offense. Um, Wilmer Flores, I guess you still have. He had a pretty good season, actually. Better than I give him credit for. 136 runs, great plus. Wilmer Flores? I see you, bro. All right. Wade had a, you know, Lamont Wade had a pretty good year. Um, 122 runs, great plus for him. 2.1 war on the season. Walks like crazy. Um, Yastrzemski was fine. Conforto was average, uh, but pretty bad on defense. Um, there's not a lot else to like. It's kind of ugly. I'm just going to say it. It's just a little bit of an ugly offense and the rotation is not good enough to carry them. I'm, I, I don't know, man. They finished 79, 83 this past season. I see much more of the same. Even the Padres finished above them. Um, yeah, I I don't know, man. Giants are in a weird spot. I know I'm always down on the Giants, and I will continue to be because I their team confuses the heck out of me. I don't understand what they're doing. I, I don't understand what they're trying to do. I don't get it. Well, that's a weird way to end the podcast. <laughs> Um, once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. It's a shorter episode this time. Once again, next week will also be, um, a day late as, uh, New Year's Day is on Monday. So I'll probably be recording Tuesday, just like I'm recording this episode. So I'll see you Wednesday next week. Hopefully I'll have a guest on, but who knows? I appreciate you listening to this episode. Once again, Yamamoto going to the Dodgers, uh, Matsui, Matsu or Matsui, Matsui. I think it is. I think it's Matsui. Maybe it's Matsu. Either way. 
um, Yuki, the lefty reliever going to the Padres, the Jays getting Kiermaier back. What are they doing? Are the Dodgers a super team? I say no right now because I still think there's a comparable team in the Braves. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. Either way, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back next week. Have a good one. Just put me in the-